Hello, I'm Paul. Hello. Uh, just for the record, I, I like it um, when Jules preaches. He's great. There's some scripture about um, uh, heaping coals, burning coals on people's heads. <laughs> right. First things first, then. Um, what do you guys remember from last week? Now, can I just say that because I'm not as proactive as, as Christian, I don't know whether it's his background in education, but I haven't got any goodies. However, 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 as he's listening, I mean, well, I'm, I assume he's listening and, and Angie's listening, I'm sure that they can store it up for next week. Um, so I'm sure you can still get... Oh, goody. So who, who can remember what Christian preached on last week? Hands? Come on, class. Ali. Hello. Your life, your life is shaped by your thoughts. I think that's a fairly good summary. I like that. So you will have the virtual chocolate bar next year. You might, next week you might get a real one. So. <laughs> well done. Yes, that's right. I think the title was uh, Thoughts for Your Future or something like that, or for a future life. Right. So Christian asked me a little while back um, to come and preach on the Great Commission. Um, and then when I saw the rotor, it said to preach on mission. So, um, but I'll, I'll let him off as he's feeling ill at the moment. Um, so we're going to talk to, I'm going to talk to you about mission. Now, um, first thing I want to say is that... Um, I, I'm going to advise you to go online, go onto YouTube and look a few weeks back and listen to Paul Bennett's preach. Now, Paul Bennett came and he talked to us around um, witnessing and, uh, you know, what, the practical evangelism, if you like. And um, he put some really good practical things. And in fact, I, I, most, many people who know Paul know that he preaches regularly. And I had to tell him on that day that was probably the most powerful preach I think I've, well, it is the most powerful preach I've heard him do. Um, and um, it's well worth a, a watch. Now, this preach is going to sit alongside that. So whereas he has got, he's very much got the heart of evangelism, etc. And everything that we do ultimately must be around evangelism. This is going to sit alongside that. Okay, so everything I say will complement that today. But I want to look about the part of mission, which isn't so much going out and talking to people, but it's actually preparing their hearts. Okay? And actually, most of what I'm going to talk about today is not, it's not any real deep theological truth in it. It's actually really quite, on the surface, quite evident from what Scripture tells us. And we're, so we're not going to get deep into things. But we are, often it's something that Jesus talked about a lot in a way that he talks about a lot. And somehow we in our heads miss it, or at least that's my experience. So as we get through, hopefully this will <clears throat> become clear to you what I, I'm, I'm on about. So the Great Commission, um, Matthew 28, verse 19, um, which says, now I always read from the slides, and this is where I regret doing a graphic like this. But therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, this, was, um, this is in Matthew at the 28, but it's always good when we read Scripture to understand the context. Jesus is very clear that he's giving us the mandate, and everything we do should sit 
under this, but it should also sit under another scripture, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but the, the, the context of this uh, is probably best found, actually, in Acts 1, which talks about, essentially, Jesus sending the disciples out, uses um, a different set of words, which we imagine fits around all this. Um, so it's not contradictory, it just fits around what the uh, picture that's painted in Matthew 28. And it comes out of Jesus having risen, having shown himself <clears throat> to a number of believers. And in Acts 1, it says that he spent 40 days teaching them about the kingdom of God. So just imagine going to a Bible conference where Jesus is the keynote speaker, and it lasts for 40 days. That's got to be a pretty good conference, hasn't it, really? Um, one of the key things he says, though, uh, which, which um, kind of feeds into this commission, he says that all authority has been given to him on heaven and earth. And he starts talking about, and his allusion to authority, he starts talking about the kingdom. So that 40-day conference, Bible conference, if you like, with Jesus, it says, talking about the kingdom of God. So what do we mean by the kingdom of God? Quite simply, the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, which is kind of getting too theological, is, is, sits within that, um, is primarily talking about two things. When we talk about kingdom, we're thinking about two things, aren't we? We're thinking about some, we're thinking about a, a king or a queen who is in a place of authority, and then we have a nation of people who then are under that authority and choose... And choose we hope, <laughs> to live in a manner that means that they are in charge. We're putting them in authority and we're gladly working out um, that authority through our lives. In other words, for you and me who are within the nation, and the Bible does talk about us about, uh, as being a nation, um, for us that are in the, the nation of believers, um, we put God first and we allow him to rule in our lives. Yeah? So what he says goes. That makes it, that, that's why he is king, and that's why we are in a kingdom. So Jesus is talking about authority, and he's talking about citizenship. But then when we unpack what Jesus talks about when he talks about the kingdom of God, and we all know that he talks about the kingdom of God quite a bit, um, Jesus spoke less about evangelism per se and witnessing he did talk about that Paul talked a little bit about that he talked you know he sent he sent the disciples out in in pairs etc um, to witness but the majority of what Jesus talked about when he talked about the kingdom was talking about personal character and showing compassion to people so it's about how are you and how is what you're doing working out in showing people love how are you demonstrating the love of God to people so when we look at Matthew 22 verse 36 which is the greatest commandments and these these scriptures I've said at the beginning you know the um the we have the um great commission which we kind of think puts us as a barrier a banner so not barrier a banner that sets up everything that we do it's, it's got to sit alongside these. Jesus said, when asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. 
The second is like it, like it meaning that it sits alongside. Obviously, God takes a preeminence, but these two, two things sit alongside each other. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments hang the whole law and prophets. In those days, the expression law and prophets in, in, in the Hebrew mindset and the Jewish mindset was that was your scripture. That was what they referred to them, the Torah and the, I can't remember what the other one's called. Uh, Ali, to shout it out if you can remember. <laughs> um, so that is what Jesus is saying. He's saying that everything, everything that's written down in Scripture, and we now, with New Testament, can include um, all of Scripture, can be summed up in these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and love each other as yourselves. So when we enact we go and make disciples of all nations, the Great Commission, we're doing it consistent with this. Amen? Yes? This is all about showing people the love of God. So, Micah 6.8, which is something very similar. You'll, you'll, you'll have seen this. Let's have a look. Jesus talking about Old Testament scripture. Let's have a look at some key Old Testament scriptures. Uh, Micah 6.8 says, and you'll see this slide last time I was up, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And like I said last time, that isn't complex, is it? It's not complicated. But we, kind of in our, I don't know if it's our Greek way of thinking, there's a thing that we've inherited in the way that we, within the West, like to... Think from the Greeks, we, we tend to like things which are very systematic, etc. But actually, it's not complicated. Jesus just says it's about loving people. One of the things, and I don't want to stray too much into, into this subject, but it's worth me just touching on. There are some aspects in our culture where people get really hung up and forget the, the, about the fact that everything we do as a church is about the Great Commission and about loving God and loving people. Um, I want to, for instance, just very briefly, and I this is touch on, for instance, the LGBTQ community. The church, I would have to say, has done a pretty rubbish job over many years of loving those people. And um, that whole community... Um, by a lot of the actions that the church put forward, which is probably done um, in zealousness for the scripture, has actually not shown them love, has not shown them God, and has actually turned them off to God. Now, I'm not going to get into this. I have particular views and what scripture says about all of that. I'm not going to get into that. But what I will say is, all of scripture, Jesus tells us, is about loving people as you'd want to be loved yourself. So we shouldn't be picking out groups of people and saying, well, that, if you've got a, a theological issue with some of these things, that's got to come second. You've got to put that out of, out of your mind compared to what God wants you to do, what he's commanded us to do, which is to make disciples of all nations and to love them as you would want to be loved yourself. And we so often get into these arguments and most of, a lot of them are, uh, are not founded very well in Scripture anyway. Um, but we, we need to love people regardless of what uh, their background is. I remember once going, going when it, one of my first churches in Southampton really being uh, challenged because 
let's face it, the majority of churches in this country are middle class. Fortunately, in, in Cheltenham, there are you know, people I know within the church who are working class, and we have a number of, of the strata represented in the family here. But, I, but widely, the church seems to be quite middle class. And I remember um, um, having, at one Sunday, an, a down, of out, down and out coming. You could clearly see he was down and out. He was filthy. He had big beard. You know, he, he just, and he had this manky dog. And my immediate reaction was not wanting to be anywhere near him. Um, and, and I remember somebody saying it, um, and it was um, from the front, I think. Um, it was either that Sunday or maybe the following Sunday, was challenging us for the fact that we shouldn't feel that way. We must love everybody, and it doesn't matter. If, we, if, if I viewed that person that way, that's my problem. It's not their problem. That's my problem. We have to be accepting to everybody, not because... We, it's not because we have to, but because we need to love everyone and we need to accept everyone and we need to proactively show the compassion of God to people. Let's have a little look at uh, another piece of scripture in the Old Testament, Isaiah 58. We'll spend a little bit of time just working through these, these things, just one uh, verse at a time. So God says, is this the fast that I have chosen? It's not this the fast I've chosen. So the background of this is, when you read previous scripture, is um, the focus is all about, um, from Israel, is all about, you know, sacrificing bulls and the blood on the altar and all that kind of stuff. And God says, through Isaiah, is not this what's most important to me? Is this not the fast I've chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to oppress and let the oppressed go free? And you break every yoke. We'll go on to the next verse. Share your food with the hungry. So here we go. So he's talking a bit about um, the oppressed. He's talking a bit about meeting their needs. He's talking and, and seeing their release. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives. Uh, do not hide from relatives who need your help. This is... This is not, none of this is about, you know, specifically going out and talking to people about God. This is just showing people the goodness and the compassion of God. I told you this is face value stuff here, but we, we so often in our minds just focus, when we talk about witnessing and evangelism, we focus on that, the bit that Paul was talking about, which, as I say, is very, very relevant and absolutely right, but this has to sit alongside it so we can prepare the ground for people. Uh, so next verse. Uh, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. If you're familiar with uh, Matthew 5, we'll touch on that in a minute, but this should sound very familiar to Matthew 5. Um, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. In other words, if you want people to see the glory of God, do all those other good stuff. Yeah? Next verse. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help. And he will say, here I am. Verse 10. Uh, Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing the finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. That picture, by the way, is in Cheltenham. By the way. Um, it is our job 
if one of a better word, is within the family of God to be doing those things. That's what mission is for largely for us about. Because this paves the heart to open up, to have those conversations, for people to see something different in the way that you are treating them. Let's go to Matthew 5. I said um, we'd go to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, a very well-known... Oh, that's gone a little bit out of order. There we go. Um, so I'm just going to read um, just one about Matthew 5, but I thought rather than putting it all up, I'd put these pictures up because it would help. So verse 3 says, God blesses those who are poor in spirit, or the NLT says those who are poor and realise their need for him. So we can stay on that one. Thank you. Um, thanks, Dean. Um, so poor in spirit is about people who, who, who are basically at the end of their tether and recognise that they need God. Blessed are those kind of people, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Next, God blesses those who mourn. There are people in this church who are mourning at the moment. They will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble. Next one. So we're getting into character. So the first two is about people who find themselves in a, in a particular this is now getting into character, you know, looking at integrity and how we treat others. Uh, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice and righteousness. Again, another topical picture I put up there. These are all things that the church needs to be uh, praying about. We need to be passionate about justice for people. We need to be passionate about righteousness, and that's talking about seeing the things of God in place in our communities. They will be satisfied. And I put the last, last four together just to save time. Um, God blesses those who are merciful. He blesses those who are pure of heart, who are peacemakers, who are persecuted for righteousness. So merciful will be shown mercy. Those who are pure of heart will see God. Those who... Uh, are peacemakers, they will be called children of God and blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of God is theirs. All of that stuff is about our hearts and what we do outwardly for people, showing them mercy, pure of heart, so approaching things in a pure way. Again, character, how do we impart character to the world? Peacemakers and people who are persecuted for righteousness. So that is not about, um, the, um, specifically about standing up for Jesus. This is about being Jesus to people, people who are persecuted for, do, for standing up for good stuff. And how often do we in, uh, in the world, I mean, particularly some of the conversations I've had online you don't want to know about, but um, where you stand up for what is right and you just get, you just get slammed down. We need to be people of integrity who are interfacing the world so that people can see that we're different. The last verse, which uh, is the one that went up, uh, there you go, this is about then um, all of that, but also about the fact that we're doing this in the name of Jesus. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely sell kinds of things of evil against you because of me. This is all about sowing the seeds 
of love, as, um, as a band once said, Tears for Fears, although I don't think they quite meant it in that way. Um, excuse me. Um, sowing the seeds of love by loving other people, and that's opening up their hearts. And there was a testimony a few weeks back, Dawn gave it, I, I think, where she was speaking about, I think it was, I was trying to remember it, but I think it was about, um, I think it was giving one of the gifts that we, we give, the hampers, I think, and, and the fact that giving that gift, the person's response was just one of overwhelmed blessing because they'd been given something for no obvious reason other than that Dawn wanted, or the church, Dawn, wanted to give that. And their response was, was to open up to the things of God. Dean, who is sitting at the back, I warned him I'd mentioned him earlier, Dean has come out, he's spoken had his testimony from the front about Cat, about the fact that he got visited by Cat, by Andy, uh, had a cake delivered. Um, but he was in a place where, you know, it, it was debt crisis time. That's why uh, he was signed up to Cat. But the love that he experienced through Andy giving him cake and being prepared to pray for him, but sit alongside him and help him to sort all that stuff out, was showing him the love of God. And as a result, he's now in the kingdom and he's on fire for God, if you know it. It opens up the heart, the opportunity to have the conversations that we need to see people come into the kingdom. Right. Um, the next, the next, just go to the next one. Yes. So, um, so we just talked about the fact that we do this stuff to open up our hearts and our minds. Sorry, the, the hearts and minds of those who don't know Jesus to the things of God, that they can see God in us. Um, sometimes the opposite is true, and I'm just putting this thing up because it's important. It kind of reinforces the point, but if you like, from the other perspective. This is uh, by Brennan Manning. I got the name right. <laughs> I nearly said Bernard this morning. I was Brennan Manning. And he says this, you may have heard this before, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians, notice it's Christians, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. We need to be people, if we want to do mission, we need to be people who are first and foremost, making disciples of other people by loving God with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, and loving people as ourselves. That has to be everything that we do. So my advice to you is whenever we're doing, you're, you're thinking through some aspects of your walk with God. If you want to filter to know whether it's right or not in Scripture, I would suggest through the Great Commission and are you loving God with all your hearts and mind and strength? And are you loving others as yourselves is a great filter. If you can put them under those, all of that, you're in a good place. You're on the right, you're on the right lines. Um, so then, so we've just heard the, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but then later on in Matthew, we then, it moves pretty much straight in from there to this verse. It talks a bit about saltiness, which is about um, both, uh, which is about preservation and is about... Um, taste and stuff like that which is um but this is the one i wanted to focus on 
um, which relates to what we heard earlier. Now, this is actually not the complete verse. The complete verse says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You shouldn't light a lamp. No one puts, has a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everybody that's in the house. And then he says, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise, praise you for it. No. I love this verse, because you do your good deeds, and where does the praise go? It goes to your Father that is in heaven. If you're doing those good deeds that we've talked about, God will shine through. I do wonder uh, in my own life, and often I have to ask myself when I'm at work, etc., how many people actually know I'm a Christian? Because I should be different enough, shouldn't I? I should be generous of heart. I should be um, uh, different in just the way that I approach people. Now, I have no idea how many people know I'm a Christian. I know some people do. But I don't know how many people see something different, very different in me. And that's one of my biggest prayers in my life and one of the biggest challenges to me. Because I want my deeds to be the sort of deeds that Jesus has said that we should do so that people see God in me and start to ask questions. Opens up the opportunities for doing the stuff that Paul talked about, uh, Paul Bennett, a few, a few weeks ago. You know, the, the opportunities to share your testimony and share how good God has been in your life. It's all about loving people. If you, we, one of the things we do in church, and I think sometimes we can be a bit guilty um, collectively in church, for some reason we, I think this is human nature, gift, gifts of the Spirit, um, we get very much focused on it, you know, um, gifts of the Spirit and prophecy and all that kind of stuff and speaking tongues. All that stuff is obviously great stuff, it's of the Spirit, it's good, but we often somehow put more focus and attention on that than on the fruit of the Spirit. But actually, the fruit of the Spirit, let's have a look at what Galatians 5 says the fruit of the Spirit is, what we've just been talking about. The stuff that God wants to manifest in your life by having the Spirit in you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's all about character. That's all about how you treat people. Amen? I think it's interesting that we... I think there's something about when we talk about the uh, spiritual gifts and all this, this supernatural stuff that we excites us because it's a bit like... I don't know if it makes us feel like we're heroes or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is about... Because certainly saying the um, gifts of the Spirit work, and I don't want to put down the gifts of the Spirit because they are very important and they are there for building the church up. Um, but this should be our main focus, shouldn't it? God does say that we should desire the greater gifts. He does say that. But this should be our focus, allowing our time to spend with God, with our roots firmly in the word, in his, giving him time for our roots to be in the spirit and watered so that we manifest the presence of God in our lives so that people see we are different. As a church, we have, um, we do, you know, try and make sure it's a part of the mission of the church that we, we, we talked a bit about the hampers. We have the community action side of things. But this is more than that. This is personal, you know. 
This is about us on the inside, allowing God to fill us with his spirit and manifest his spiritual presence in the lives of people, in our lives, so it touches the lives of people around us so that the, they can see um, the realities of God. So that's why I emphasized right at the beginning, we've got to set this stuff alongside what Paul says. What Paul talked about, Paul Bennett, um, the practical side of it, the reaching out, the witnessing is really important, but the other side of mission that has to sit alongside it is this. And once we've got our, uh, this together, it makes the other side a lot easier because people will naturally open up and be open to the fruits of the Spirit. And then we can step out um, knowing that we can see God already working in their lives. Amen? So I'm going to uh, call it to a close then. Um, um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. Uh, if, if you're not in the kingdom of God, uh, if, you don't, if you haven't, whether you're online or here, if you haven't yet met Jesus, being a kingdom and a citizen in this family, it is a family, um, where it's a family which is really built. What was it that was said that we are here for the benefit of the non-members? We're here to love the world. And if you want to be part of a community that loves you, that, that just wants to demonstrate the goodness of God, and for you to personally experience the God that has created a nation to do just that, then I'm going to pray for you now. Lord, you are good. You are good. All those fruits of the Spirit is because you come and live within us and they are a manifestation of the character of your Spirit, Lord. Lord, we want to be more and more like you. And God, if, and when, if, if we don't know you, Lord, where there are people who may be listening to this who haven't experienced all that, all that I'm talking about, but this has, I don't know, opened up their hearts, planted something within them, and now they want to know more about you. Lord, I know that you are a God who just wants to open your heart to people, who wants to step in. And Lord, all we have to do is knock and you will open the door because you are a God who has died on the cross yourself Although you did nothing wrong, you did that and you went to that extent because of how, I'll use the word, desperate you were to, to have relationships with us. So that is what you created humanity for. That's what it's all about. So Lord, I pray that you will open up people's hearts to you, that people will invite you in and would... would uh, lay themselves before you at the foot of your cross and ask you, Jesus, to come into their lives. So, Lord, I ask that you would be Lord and, and you would be Saviour in the lives of people who don't know you and that, that to us who are already under your grace that you would continue to be our Lord and Saviour and that we would continue to enjoy and be part of a functioning kingdom of God on this earth. We thank you and we praise you, Jesus, because it's all for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, George.